Let's go in-depth on Iowa State with the Des Moines Register. It's time, it's time for Cyclone Insider on 1460 KXNO. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. I'm Travis Hines, joined as always on this Monday evening by Randy Peterson. Randy, what up? You don't want to know. <laughs> no, I'm good. After after surviving a computer problem, I hope. Um, I guess I guess we could only see, but yeah, yeah, I'm good. It's a it's a gorgeous day, and the sun came up for Iowa State fans on on Sunday. So, um, or at least for most of them. So, um, yeah, I'm good. How about I, yourself? I, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. No complaints. Did our soccer team win on Sunday? I guess I forgot to ask. You know, everybody had fun in the four-year-old soccer game. The score was fun to fun. There we go. There we go. Uh, the score on Saturday, though, for Iowa State was 14 to 11 <laughs> in the loss column. Nice segue. To uh, continuing to be undefeated, Kansas Cyclones fall to 3-2 and two overall, 0-2 oh in the Big 12. And, Randy, we talked a lot on Saturday night about the games, about special teams, about the offense. I think – now here on Monday. And if you miss any of that discussion, be sure to check it out either on our YouTube or Facebook pages or anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, we do that after every single Iowa State game. Randy, I think now it's worth talking about Iowa State sitting here halfway to bowl eligibility, but 0-2 in the league. And when you look at the schedule, getting to six wins is certainly doable for Iowa State. I don't want to be doom and gloom here at all, but the path is a lot more iffy is a lot iffier now than it was two weeks ago in games that I think after those first three games, Iowa State, most people would have picked them to at least split those two games. But here they are, 0-2, now with a surprisingly strong Kansas State team, you know, after that Tulane loss, followed by Texas and Oklahoma. You know, this is this is a tough stretch here. And I think you wrote it last week that these games against the, the Sunflower State opponents were going to be – defining for Iowa State. Well, they're 0-1 in those games heading into what's going to be a really difficult game, I believe, on Saturday against Chris Kleiman's Kansas State team. Yeah, and especially if Iowa State, if if the defense um, would somehow develop a glitch, which um, it better not happen because the defense has certainly been carrying – been carrying this team. It's uh, I, I I do this text group thing with fans after after games, and and I, there were there were probably a handful of fans. I mean, more than that, that said Iowa State's not going to win games unless the defense scores points, which I guess you can't argue um, with them. So yeah, Adrian, Adrian Martinez, the the job Chris Kleiman's not only done it since he's since he's replaced Snyder, but at K-State, but the job that he's done resurrecting Adrian Martinez's career, maybe after Martinez transferred from um, um, where he had no confidence, and I don't think Nebraska had confidence in him either, to a school that's got confidence and gave him the keys and said, here, do it. Um, and it, and it's, it's, um, it's working. He's got a, you know, working new offensive coordinator and, and, um, you know, that's that's just one aspect. I mean, he rushed for over 100 yards last week. That's just one aspect. And then you've got Deuce Vaughn, who is, I've said this before, best 
running back in the Big 12, not named Bijan. So um, that, it'll be it'll be a tough assignment. I mean, if if Iowa State's defense not only going to have to stop those guys, but it would not shock me if they have to score points to win, because Iowa State's offense has shown me absolutely zilch in games against a like like competition, meaning Iowa, Baylor, and 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 Kansas State. Yeah, I mean, Iowa State is a two-point underdog at home on Saturday against Kansas State. And I think, I don't know if the defense has to score points, but that offense, man, it really, really struggled on Saturday against what was not on paper or on videotape a very good Kansas defense. And I think, you know, Randy, we talked about it after the game on Saturday your level of concern about Deckers has to be higher now after these first two games and certainly the the first three. And not, again, that anything catastrophic happened for him on Saturday, but it's just not trending in the right direction, which is maybe to be expected for a guy making his fifth start and only his second start against Big 12 opponents. But, you know, missed a lot of throws. You know, finished with one pick and probably – was lucky. I mean, certainly was lucky to only have the one, you know, the, the one got overturned, which I think was the right call, but certainly close, but very, very close to a second pick there. Um, and then probably had three or four where Kansas had a really good shot at going the other way with one of his passes. So again, I, I think there's a level of concern there, but again, it's not incredibly high, but it's just something to keep an eye on. And hopefully we find out more. I'm not you know, hold my breath that we get a great uh, Jirel Brock update from Matt Campbell <laughs> tomorrow. But man, that running that running game, you know, even with Brock the week before against Baylor, I mean, we talked about it. I wrote about it. You know, Campbell defended their running game against Baylor, but it was not pretty. It was again sub three yards per carry. So I think you know, there's just a lot that's not going right with that Iowa State offense. And to go back to the original conversation, Randy with with now five games in, you know, what is your feeling on Iowa State when you look at the schedule, being able to pick up another three wins and get to bowl eligibility, which again, I think before that win against Iowa, which is really what kind of, I think, added uh, jet fuel to expectations for Iowa State here. Uh, but before that win, I think bowl eligibility was kind of the line in the sand for Iowa State to feel really good about this season versus feeling like, eh, you know, not weren't able to, that you that you would be looking at maybe a temporary dip after the last five years, which again, I don't think would be any huge uh, debacle by any stretch of the imagination, but what are your feelings on them getting to that sixth win this year? I think it's going to be tough. I mean, who are the, who are the wins out there? Maybe West Virginia, possibly maybe Texas tech, possibly. Okay. There's five Oklahoma. They've lost Sure, they've 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 lost, but I can't see that continuing at Texas on a week from Saturday at eleven a.m. By the way, how about that? C- congratulations! Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I worked hard on that one. Um, at Texas, it unlikely. Um, who else? Oklahoma State. I don't see that happening, especially there. Um, I man and TCU. Oh my gosh. It would not shock me if 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 Max Duggan, Iowa Max Duggan is is up for some kind of national player of the week award. So 
my gosh, this uh, this Big 12, like you said, all of a sudden got tough. I can get Iowa State to five. I, I can get Iowa State to five. And then, man, I, do, I don't know where the sixth one's coming from. How about you? I mean, I don't think I'd pick them to win six games. Again, I think it's it's pretty close. I mean, we talked about it ahead of the year when the, the line was at, I think originally for their over-under on wins was at seven. It was like, man, that that under looks pretty good. Then it goes to, you know, six and it's like, whew, that, that's probably where it needed to be. And I think West Virginia is the only one you probably feel really good about. And then all the rest are like coin flips or worse, probably. Right. Like, I mean, Texas Tech beat Texas. Yeah. You know, there's there no slouches there in Joey McGuire's first year. You know, I know they didn't play great against Kansas State over the weekend. But again, it's it's the path got a lot harder when you lose that home game and then you lose at Kansas, which the Kansas one, a winnable game, but certainly a more difficult game than you would have anticipated coming into the year with, you know, and it's going to, it's tough to win that game with, without, without Jairo Brock. And it's going to be tough to win going forward without Jairo Brock. If in fact, that's the case, if that's the case, I'm nothing against the other two running the, the, the backups, absolutely nothing against them. I don't, not certain they're ready to, to um to go at this point in time consistently for as many carries as they're going to have to make um we'll see if 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 Deckers had just had a blip um Saturday and he threw for, he almost threw for 300 yards so I guess he wasn't horrible um but but he's got to get better the play calling for him has to improve if Iowa State is going to find a sixth victory how many teams are now waiting for that crossing route, that little eight-yard crossing route, whatever it is, that the Darner got Xavier Hutchinson's head ripped off? Um, Iowa State's got to do some changing up if they're gonna, if they're, you know, hope to get to a bowl game. And I know that that, that you know that that's the bar now. I mean, getting to a bowl game and getting to a decent bowl game, I guess, is the bar. And um it's it's like I said, I can find five, and that's that's including Texas Tech, and I agree with what you said. But um, yeah, I don't know going forward where 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 more are, which which makes Saturday's game another one of those huge games. Um, and I know people get tired of hearing big game, big game, big game. But if Iowa State's goal is to get to a bowl game and like i said that's the bar that's that's been set then this is as close to a must as 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 you can get yeah i mean uh, iowa state's lived in a world now where all the games are big because it was the matter of getting to the big 12 championship game or not and i think they've downgraded those expectations this year but the games are just still as big because i think the goal is still r- you know, it's right within Iowa State's grasp, just like the Big 12 championship game was the, the previous two seasons. Uh, but it, it is still a reach. It is still going to be a reach. And, you know, maybe they'll surprise us. And, the, I mean, they win Saturday against Kansas State, and all of a sudden the conversation is going to change again. And I think Saturday is certainly – Is it, win- though? I mean, if they beat a top 25 team at home, then all of a sudden, I mean, now that you're at four wins and the two that you already gave them, you're at six – and then, and then it's okay if you can beat Kansas State at home. Can you beat Oklahoma at home? Can you beat TCU on the well, road? Then you get, but yeah, it's it's I don't know. It, it's 
I just think that Iowa State just has to keep going out and proving it. Just if they okay, if they win on Saturday, then Iowa State goes out and has to prove something at Texas because I think, like both of us said, Texas isn't great. Um, they got Bijan, obviously Bijan, but um, I, I think Iowa State still has to prove stuff. Without a doubt, they, I mean, we, we talked about it going into Saturday that we thought we'd learn a lot about Iowa State after the Baylor game and after the Kansas Kansas game. And I think that's true. I think we learned that this team is just probably just okay, right? Like they're not bad. I don't think they're bad, yeah. but I don't they're think very they're very fragile in spots. Yeah. And I just, I think that there are a lot of issues for this team, which isn't to say they can't get better. I think we've seen Campbell teams get better time and again, but this is not a great football team. And I also think that they're fine. That, that is my impression of this Iowa state football team right now. And for that opinion to change, they've got to go out there and, you know, be better or potentially be worse. Right now, I would bet on better. Uh, but I think it's I think to your point, it's incumbent upon them to show something different, because if they're going out and they're doing the same and being the same, that's that's going in the wrong direction, in my opinion, because you've seen the screw ups on special teams. You've seen the offense be listless. And really, I mean, this is – I feel like we've had the same discussion, Randy, for like the last three or four years, that the defense continues to hold the day for Iowa State, and eventually that's just going to give way. Like you can't – that defense is not good enough to be completely leaned upon for a 12-game schedule, um, and the offense has got to show something. Um, when we come back – on the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. We'll talk more Iowa State football, and we'll also look to the Northeast where another high-profile opening has come after a surprise firing at Wisconsin. When we return on the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour. Everything you need to know about Iowa State, it's Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register on 1460 KXNO. Welcome back to the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. Travis Hines and Randy Peterson here. If you missed any of our discussion in the first segment about Iowa State in the wake of its 14-11 loss to Kansas and its upcoming game on Saturday at home against Kansas State in which the Cyclones are two-point underdogs, be sure to check us out wherever you listen to your podcast. Randy, I wanted to switch gears a little bit here. Uh, to talk a little bit more about college football broadly, uh, Wisconsin fired coach Paul Christ over the weekend, despite winning about 75% of his games there over his tenure, a basically Wisconsin lifer uh, up there, an alum it was on Alvarez's staff, uh, has certainly backslid the last three years, but I do think that this is a truly shocking high or a firing uh, from Wisconsin here with their their new AD. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, I, obviously like Matt Campbell's name is going to be attached to this. We could talk about that going forward. I think both of us are probably in agreement that that's seems like a little bit of a stretch uh, to think that Campbell would end up there. Uh, but I guess what are your thoughts more broadly on what we're seeing nationwide between Chris, we saw Scott Frost, Colorado moved on uh, from its coach this weekend just it seems like the in-season firing is Arizona very State. in vogue. Arizona State, yep. Hey, man, I, 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 they better the coaches who have or the coaches, the athletic directors who have already canned coaches have better have somebody halfway figured out who's going to take that job 
Um, I, I don't get, I don't understand what purpose it serves now to fire a coach unless there's stuff beyond the, beyond what we, what we know. I mean, especially in the Scott Frost situation, my God, they could have waited two weeks and saved and saved a lot of money. But as far as Wisconsin's concerned, yeah, that one, that one was, um, was uh, surprising that they did it right now. And I, you know, I'm guessing Barry still has, still has a finger on that athletic department a little bit. Um, I mean, his former player, Chris McIntosh is the AD. So it's not like, yeah, He's a yeah, exactly. And you think Barry, if he'd have Barry, if Barry, if Barry would have been there, would he have fired Paul Chris during the season? I doubt it. I, maybe. Yeah, I doubt it. And and you know how about that? The irony of 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 it was Bielema that 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 was the last nail in in literally in the in the coffin. But I I don't know what advantage these these people these coaches and these athletic directors are getting and firing coaches right now. I I I really don't. You've got all season to evaluate coaches. Well, you can do that anyway. Um, um, you're going to have somebody quit in midseason and take a job. I don't think so. Never, never. You give the coach, you give the job to an interim. Is it a tryout for the interim? How often do the interims actually get the job? Although in Wisconsin's place, what's his name? Linhart is is has I've seen his name mentioned a lot out there. But as far as as far as the next um, Wisconsin coach, does Wisconsin already have have a you know a wink wink with with Leipold, who's from up there, coach there, has a rich Badger history. Do, do they have a wink wink with I don't know Aranda? I don't have, I, I don't know, but I would say anybody that's that's got an opening opening now, I would say you better have have pretty much have in mind who you're going to get for a head coach, because there are some jobs open now. And the five of the five, I believe it is an open and Colorado's way down at the bottom. Um, um, you know, it looks good. It's a power five school, but heck, they don't even know what conference they're going to be in next year. Um, so um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I, all I'm saying is the athletic directors better have a firm grasp about who will coach at that school next yeah, my sense with Wisconsin is that Jim Leonard is going to be the heavy, heavy front runner to get the permanent uh, tag yeah. uh, up there at Wisconsin. If it's not him, which again, it seems like all signs are pointing to that the firing of Chris was done in part to give Leonard a bit of a trial run and to secure him from leaving Wisconsin. You know, 39 year old uh, defensive coordinator who has had a ton of success. Like, they, they, Seems like there may have been some concern that they feel like he's a star in the making in the coaching world. And maybe that's why this move comes a little bit earlier than expected to, to keep him in-house at a place where he was, a, I believe, a former walk-on turned All-American before a short NFL career. Um, you know, when you're going to see these lists about Wisconsin uh, replacements, if it's not Jim Leonard, like Campbell's name is going to be on it. It's a big Midwestern job at a place where I think he'd honestly like culturally would fit well. It's a place that it wants to be a developmental program. Expectations are high, but not Nebraska insane. You know, the, the expectations are to compete for big 10 titles, not necessarily national plus, titles. Plus Wisconsin's not in the, not in the worst, not in the exactly the hardest division of the big 10. Yeah. I, and like there's plenty, you can recruit so, Ohio still, but yeah, I mean, again, I think, Campbell, my assumption yeah. would be like if Barry Alvarez was still the AD, I would be more intrigued about that fit because that's a, a coach hiring a coach. So they're probably going to be less interested in recent win loss results 
And as we talked about in the first segment, Randy, like Campbell's trending toward, you know, something like 13 wins over the last two years. That's not going to impress a lot of ADs and with short-term thinking. Um, so, and I think like guys like Leipold and Aranda that have been at Wisconsin previously are going to have a leg up in their, uh, their search. So to me, this just does not feel like a fit on both ends. You know, we've talked for years now about how it's not a fit for Campbell. And I think this feels more like Wisconsin would probably look elsewhere first if they indeed do uh, look beyond Jim Leonard for that job. And they'll be able to pay a boatload of money up also. I mean, so. I mean, Wisconsin just paid a $16 million buyout. Like in what world would you have ever imagined Wisconsin paying a $16 million buyout? In the world of Big Ten um, TV contracts coming up. That's the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, and that, that money facility. totally changes the landscape. Oh, without, without question. Yeah. I mean, will, will we see another one open up in the big 10 here before long? Who are you uh, looking at there? Michigan state. Michigan state. No, I, I don't. I don't think, I think Mel Tucker's like $2 billion contract is going to keep him squarely in place. Okay. All right. But, but uh, yeah, there's, there's, I don't know. I, I think we're going to see more and more of this. Um, and we've, you know, we've seen it already. We saw it in previous years and you asked Campbell about it a couple of weeks ago at, uh, on a, on a Tuesday. So I think it's, I think it's going to be prevalent, but I don't, I don't know. It, it's, it's like I said, they better have somebody in mind. And, and like you said, maybe this is, it, it is going to be Leonard's job and, and, and he's, they're just now, doing the obvious, doing what will become the obvious. And maybe that's the same situation at Nebraska as well. I don't know, but uh, you make a good point with Jim Leonard. Yeah. And it's interesting how these uh, Campbell conversations are going to change too. If Iowa state is struggling to get to bowl eligibility, does that impact his name being bounced around publicly, which is one thing. And then does it affect his name being mentioned privately in these athletic departments and by these search firms is a second thing. Those are two very different things. Like the public lists usually line up pretty well with the, the private list, but not always. So it'll be interesting to see who comes calling this off season uh, compared to the previous years. If Iowa state is hovering around that five, six win mark after last year's uh, seven and six season. Well, and plus it's, you know, I, you said, athletic departments and search firm, you could almost flip-flop those. Um, the yeah. search firms Who's really so in much. charge? Yeah, they have so much. Yeah, exactly. So um, I guess I guess if you're an Iowa State fan, you don't – I don't think you're – If they, like you said, like you alluded to, if this season continues to trend, I don't think you're going to be – there'll be a whole lot of worry about Matt Campbell going to some – going to a high major Power 5 job. He's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines. This has been the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. Again, be sure if you missed any of the show to check us out wherever you get your podcasts. We will be back next week, and we will have plenty of coverage on DesMoinesRegister.com on Iowa State's upcoming game Saturday at 6.30 p.m. at Jack Trice Stadium against Kansas State. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.